Hey everybody, this is Ruben with 5-Minute Warning. When I decided that I wanted to make a podcast of my own, I found Anchor. Let me tell you, Anchor is free. Free. F-R-E-E. That's what I'm talking about. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone or your computer. You know what? Anchor sends my podcast out to me to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, so I ain't got to do it. Also, you can make money. I repeat, you can make money from your podcast. It's everything you need to make in a podcast all in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, look, that's what I did. Five-minute warning, almost at 100 episodes in. Get Anchor. Okay, students, this is your five-minute warning. I repeat, five-minute warning. Silence. This is the 5-Minute Warning with Ruben Brown, happening right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 5-Minute Warning without Ruben Brown. He ain't nowhere around here. So we're going to do the show, and we have a special guest to replace Ruben. We have Boo Love on the mic, finally. Hello, Boo Love. Introduce yourself. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Or or should I say, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Oh, my God. We're going to start in with the Tiger King. You need to stop watching TV. I I can't help it. I can't help it. Okay. You know what? We had a script, but the script gone. Oh, I didn't mean to, to put you off script. No, but that, that's wonderful because, see, that's how this show rolls. <laughs> so, Boo Love had brought this to me. It was been a couple of weeks now. It's been, yeah. And you were saying the Tiger King this, and we have to watch it because everybody says we got to watch it. I sat down and watched this, and I, I'm telling you, I was like, this is a train wreck I cannot Unwatch. And that's I can't it. stop watching. I, and that's it. That's exactly what it is. You cannot, it's so bad, but you cannot look away. I so know. she <laughs> is like ate up with it like the rest of the country. And you know what? I, I'm not mad at her because those people are like. Hot Mess Express. Very nice. Yes. We need to get you on the mic more. Hot <laughs> Mess Express. I'm just saying. Okay. It, it's, it, yeah. Okay. It's bad. <laughs> So this is the second half to um, episode 24. I know it's going to read as episode 25, but this is 24B. And Ruben wanted Boo Love and I to do the show. It's going to be kind of a roast, but I kind of felt like, you know, we're going to actually do, kind of stay within the framework of the five-minute warning. So we do have five things. And then we're going to get into the roast because my wife, even though she hates to publicly say these things. <laughs> she absolutely has opinions, okay? She is not short on opinions. She got opinions for days, y'all. And she rolls her eyes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So, we're going to start out with the five points. Point number one, the Good Friday excursion we had today, what were your thoughts on everything that you have to do to go to a grocery store now? Well, not even a grocery store because we started out, we had to run by the bank first and everybody, well, some banks, you can't even go in inside anymore. You have to do drive up um, 
and that's just you know it's very strange and then like you standing in line for the ATM and everybody maintaining their distance yeah um yeah that was bizarre it really it is and some people respect that some other people because I saw lots and lots of masks and gloves today and then I saw other people walk up like eh what whatever yeah and I, you know what? And I was shocked at that, too, because Boo Love gets all our groceries and she's the one that braves all of this stuff that's happening. I just go to work. I get the money. I bring the money to her. She just makes magic out of it. So I haven't gone into a grocery store in weeks and I don't really understand what it was like because the last time I went into the grocery store, not only could you go in without a mask or gloves, right. but you could also go in freely. Like if there's 100 people outside, there's 100 people inside. Right. Um. It was really bizarre, man. But then what I noticed was people look at you like it's almost like a dis- a racism or bigotry that has been caused by a disease. Because a lot of people in there are looking at me like they don't like black people, but the person that's looking at me like this is black. But and then I put that face with every other face and there are a lot of people out there that are looking at you like ill get away from me yeah it is it's hurtful to be out there man it's like wow it's a whole different ball game it really is it really is uh it's it's sad i mean you know just everything is life is very very different these days and yeah just people are you know, not always kind to each other, not that they were always kind to each other before, but especially now it's just, you know, seeing people are, and I get it. People are scared and, and, and worried. Their patience is very, very thin. Their problems are much bigger than we'll, you know, ever know. And because, you know, a lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are trying to figure out how they're going to pay their bills. And so we only see them for a few minutes in the grocery store and they're not very nice and they're taking it out on you and you know yeah it's it's not cool no, it's, it's not, not cool but at the same time i understand what you mean and we could be catching these people at that moment right well that's my point you, you know, know you just never know that's why it's it's no there's no point in reacting because you know like you said we just don't we don't know we don't know? We don't know. Or you, they could have a family member that's sick, and they're you know focusing not focusing on that, and not you know just just off. Or that, or that you know, or that they could have just found out they were sick, or True. hiding something. I got to go out, but I know I'm sick. Any, you know yeah, what? Anything right. could be yeah. out there. Yeah. Anything. But I have I have noticed that people are different. Yeah, they are. People are different. They're they're trying to be nice to people that are working in the grocery stores, but man, they're as scared as anybody else. Yeah. And I totally get that. But see, now that leads into the next point which blew my mind. And you know, the Trumpsters of the world, they're used to, they have grown accustomed to saying whatever they want to say without any kind of reprimand or retribution or any kind of clapback. Bill O'Reilly, Boo Love tells me this, I guess a couple days ago now. Bill O'Reilly said to said on his show, I will let you quote this. What did he say? Well, he was talking about the number of deaths and that most of the people that have passed would have died anyway because they were on their last leg. Ouch. Yeah. Now, ain't nobody got time for that. But 
this is where we are. Our president is of a certain ilk, and now his tribe is of a certain ilk publicly because they're following their president. A lot of times, in my opinion, to their detriment, making decisions because of certain things that he said, and it's not a good decision, and sometimes people pay for it instantly. I don't know, man. That's not something I'm trying to say. It, number one, it's it's not necessary. It's malicious. And it's just not true. Because you were the one that was telling me, giving me the blow by blow each day about, first, it was just older people. Right. And the very, very young, because they're so vulnerable from an immune uh, standpoint. Right. But then the demographic started to change mm-hmm. week to week and then day to day. And then everybody has a chance to die. Right. So why in the world would somebody say something so, so unnecessary? Because he's ignorant. And you know it's bad when Hannity goes, you're going to get slammed for saying that. Yeah, because Sean Hannity and he are like brothers. Yeah. And if he's like, dude, you in trouble? That was harsh. I still hope he gets in trouble for it. He I, is still, I I know. I know you're probably right, but I would love to see him just gone um, away from that. I mean, we don't watch that network anyway. But we know people so, that do. Really? You had to go there. Yeah, um, had to. <laughs> you know how we roll, girl. Anyway, but yes. Um, yeah, I would love to see that whole network disappear, but... Uh, yeah, he, he needs to go. I really hope there's some kind of repercussions for what he said, but you're right. Uh, knowing things the way that we know them to be right now, I doubt there'll be anything. No. Maybe, maybe a slap on the wrist, you know. Uh, that's even, that's even, yeah, that's pushing it too, because I, I can't see it. I mean, because again, like uh, Ruben and I were talking about this last week about the person that got fired on uh, Fox Business. And for the life of me, now he explained it to me and it made sense, but for the life of me, I still didn't understand truly why she got fired when she's just saying everything her tribe is saying. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, she said it was a hoax. So did the president. Yeah, but see, what happened was she was still pressing it, I think, when the rest of the network was finally starting to go, oh, yeah, there might be something to this. We, uh, we need to, okay. we think- need to, you know, roll back a little bit. And she was still, you know... Blaming the Democrats, saying, you know, it was a hoax. And then, you know, if we, if it hadn't been for the impeachment, maybe the president could have been focusing his attentions elsewhere, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So. Okay. And, I, and I'm going to say Ruben said that. I can't remember, but then I forget many things. I hear you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that because that makes sense. It's just, but still overall, I'm like, y'all just looking for a scapegoat? Yeah. Come on, man. Because y'all were saying this before. I don't understand why she's got to get fired. But anyway, yeah. O'Reilly's bigger than her. I don't think it'll touch him. I think he's tough line with this. Exactly. But you know me. You'll be hopeful, and I'll tell you the real truth. And the real truth is O'Reilly's not going to get touched by this, even though what he said was, like, pun intended, deplorable. Yeah. Well, so, I hope that you're wrong. I hope that he's gone. I but hope I'm wrong. Yeah, too. I, I tend to think you're probably right, mm, as usual. Nah, so. Not as usual, but sometimes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Third point okay. being made an outlaw <laughs> at Walmart. Now, I take oh a, a particular pleasure in this because see, you have to understand some things. Boo Love, my beautiful wife is the most law-abiding citizen 
ever made. <laughs> she lives to follow the rules. I am a rule follower. You are. I'm not disputing that. And see, that's what makes this so ironically funny. <laughs> okay, you're blowing it out of proportion. Let no, actually, I, I'm not. Really are. Uh, you want me to, but you know it's not true. <laughs> so I'm not even going to tell y'all, okay? I'm going to let Boo Love tell her story. And if she tries to minimize it, then I will blow it up. But I'm going to let her tell the story and I'm going to make sure she tell the truth based on what she told me. Oh, my gosh. Really? And I know she told me the truth because she thought I was going to come down on her side, which is most of the time. But what she didn't realize was my first question, which was, where were you standing on the spot? Okay, so I'm going to leave it there and let her do her thing. So you go ahead, Boo Love, and tell the people. Because, you know, you got to give people what they want. You got to give the people what they want on this channel. So you tell the people what they want. I was just relaying the story that when it came time to check out of the grocery store, there, you know, all the grocery stores now have the same little thing. There's like usually a little circle on the floor that tells you where you need to stand and they're measured apart. So everybody's maintaining their social distance and... There were only two people in this line to check out. Me and the gentleman in front of me who had already, he was actually just getting ready to pay for his groceries. The bags were already all filled. He was going to grab them. And so because he's already that far ahead, I was going to take it upon myself, maintaining the distance. Maintaining the distance, I was going to go ahead and start putting my little groceries up on the conveyor. And the lady that was um, checking me out, ma'am, you need to move back to that spot <laughs> <laughs> to maintain social distance. Like, uh, oh, okay. I, I was less than six inches away from the dot. But I'm just were saying, you, oh my gosh. Were you on the dot? No, I was not standing on the dot. <laughs> you see that? You hear that attitude, people? You hear that attitude? You see what I got to deal with when oh she wrong? Oh my gosh. Why don't you just say, I wasn't on the dot, I dude, and it was my fault. But see, <laughs> let somebody else do that. Let somebody else not be oh. on the dot, and I'm going to have to hit that for about a week and then six months later be like you remember that lady that wasn't on the dot she oh wasn't gosh. on the dot boo she wasn't on the dot I'm telling you this was hilarious to me because it, that was my first question like I said I said wait a minute were you on the dot because that's serious right now were you on the dot well that's not what I'm exactly exactly I was maintaining my six feet were you on the dot I was dot? not standing on the dot I was trying to actually help her so she wouldn't have to stand there and wait for me to load all my groceries up while he was paying. I'm telling you. Well, apparently she didn't need your help. She apparently needed, not. She needed you to stay on the dock. <laughs> <laughs> she, hey, I'm going to get you a dock for your birthday next week. <laughs> Oh, you, you ladies and gentlemen, oh this was gosh. hilarious. It's not that funny. It kind of is funny. Yeah, I know. I, I promise you, I'm thinking, I'm not going to come through this aisle again when I check out. You can come through the aisle as long as you read directions. Oh. As long as you can see the dot on the floor and stand on it. Social distancing is hard. <laughs> 
and this is coming from the rule. See, now she she doesn't. She's not a rule follower. Now she's an outlaw. No, 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 no. I'm just it, because they're telling you you need to constantly be aware of a six foot bubble. If you think about, if you get in a grocery store. That's really hard to do. I mean, look at where, you know, when we went shopping today, just the little bit mm -hmm. that we were in there. It's impossible. Um, and you talk about, you know, a grocery store. Granted, the one that I went to to get our, our main groceries from this week, they're standing there counting the number of people going in and then going out. So they're constantly monitoring how many people are in the store. But the aisles are relatively close together. And you get to the end and you're going to be relatively close to someone unless you fix on a spot and watch them and then you know I just I, I don't know how to maintain a six foot bubble at all time it's hard and so that's what I'm thinking the whole time it's like trying to maintain but I promise you I was six feet away from that dude I promise I was <laughs> see she said all that cause she didn't want to be wrong but, <laughs> but at the end of the day but at the end of the day y'all Guess who wasn't on the spot? Um, but in all seriousness, yeah. I, I feel her pain because there are so many rules to follow at any one moment. Yeah. And the rules are completely unreasonable, but then we're in an unreasonable time. Yeah. And I get it because it's like you're thinking one rule, which is like she said, six foot, but she wasn't following Walmart rules that says stand on that spot. And then that puts you in position not to have to worry about the six foot, but that's like three different items yeah. at once. Yeah. So going to the grocery store is like stressful. And I just want to let my wife know that I appreciate you going out there and taking care of your family. Because when I was out there today, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm looking at people all funny, yeah. like, I mean, just two two months ago, if someone was looking at the same bag of chips that I would want to look at, we'd have been looking at the same bag of chips. Yeah. Now I gotta wait for that person not to look at the chips, and he might be reading it, reading the ingredients on it. Yeah, and I gotta wait ten minutes. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, come on, y'all, for real? But yeah. yes, for real. That's where we are right now. Yeah, I forgot to tell you because when I I stopped in, um, when we stopped in, I ran into Kroger on a, on a toilet paper hunt. <laughs> When I ran into Kroger today, when I got to the front of the store, the employee that's monitoring at the carts, she, it was all I could do not to laugh at her. And I understood because it was a point, a space that she was trying to, you know, get me to navigate past. And she wouldn't let me enter the store until the gentleman in front of me was past the onions. She said, once he passes the onions, then you may enter the store. I'm like... Uh, okay. <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. Uh, okay. All I mean, right. but that's where we are. Yeah, I know. That's where we are. I it's don't... just sad. It, it's 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 sad. It's like I was asking you today. It's like when when do you think we'll be back to normal? When do you think will there ever be, you know, normal? I you know, it's like not to compare nine eleven because it's it's not the same. But, you know, there's there's well, pre 9-11, there's things that you thought about, things that you right. did before 9-11 that you you know for our age and for people around our age, you know, and older, life is different. You can mark it. You know exactly. You remember things that you did before that you don't do now or vice versa. 
And same thing with this. I think it's going to change people. I, I'm thinking that there's going to be younger kids that will not remember so much. And maybe they will be chill and relaxed later on. But I think for us and people around our age and older, you know, this is going to stick with them forever. You're right. And that's what I was trying to impress on you when you asked me, because it's going to be a minute before people trust anybody. Yeah. I'm thinking... And I think in this particular instance, I think 9-11 is a great example because as far as getting over it, we have not and we will not. Yeah. Because life changed after that day in ways in which we couldn't have imagined. And now we're accustomed to that life. Right. To where now the life we lived on September 8th yeah. is dead. Yeah. Because just think about TSA. I mean, that's all you have right. to do is, is remember what it was like to fly before and what it's like to fly now. And Exactly. I mean, now we're to the point now where, you know, the best credit card to get is the one that'll give you a free TSA pass. Yeah. You know, you can just zip right through. Yeah. And like I said, on September 8th, 2001, hey, no, there was no TSA. I mean, it was, but it wasn't like it is now. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Again, it's never the, the life that you led two months ago, two and a half months ago. Um, that life is dead. There will be a life that where you don't have to have a mask on and gloves and all that. But I think that we will be hyper aware of what disease can do, what a pandemic yeah. can do. Um, I think that we'll be better prepared the next time it'll happen because there will be a next time and it will be harder because the disease we're fighting or the virus that we're fighting will be bigger, better, stronger, faster. In some ways, this will be a good thing. But going back to the way we were January 1st, yeah. Wrong answer. That that life is dead. Well, I look at, you know, China, ironically enough, and people there have been wearing masks. I mean, this is not necessarily a new thing to them because they've had other issues in the past that have required them. So that's what I'm wondering. Are we always going to, from now on, have masks handy? Or I, I, I don't know. I just don't know what, you know, this is something we haven't had to deal with since basically 1918 right. for, and, you know, this country. Right. And I think we came out of that. But again, that's why I said I think it'll be years yeah. before we find a sweet spot to where we're living our lives and we understand the dangers. Right. Right now, we just understand the dangers. We're not living our lives. Yeah. No one is corporately, personally, and everything in between. No one is living their lives loosely. Everybody is just like really, really upset, really frustrated and all those things. It's going to take, it's going to be, like I said, as, as far as a comparison uh, with uh, 9-11 goes, three years before we started to kind of yeah. understand that we're, we're okay. Right. We have to be vigilant, but we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a minute. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah, I know. And so speaking of that, that that is a great segue. Now, I go to work every day, mm -hmm. which is a blessing in and of itself. And I get to be out every day, which is part of the upside to being able to go to work. Right. Now, Ruben, he's locked down and you're locked down. What is it like for y'all to be on quarantine, essentially, and to have to stay inside day in and day out. I can't speak for Ruben. I, we haven't had that talk, so I don't know how things are for him. I think he is a little more extroverted, so I, I think he's probably having days where he is really going crazy. And um, But for me personally, your wife is introverted 100%. <laughs> yes, she is, y'all. She ain't lying so, about that. Um, 
I, I was kind of built for this. Um, I think if I was an extrovert, I think I would probably be in pain. I, I'm sure like physical pain, I'd be going crazy. I've seen enough people that I know to be extroverts posting things on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter who are losing their minds right now. It's like house arrest. Uh, it's bad. It's yeah. So um, I, I'm, I'm built for it. I my my routine is pretty much the same. I think if I had to stay in completely and not be able to get out every day and run or walk um, the way that I do seven days a week, um, I think I would be I'd be in bad shape. I, that that gets me out. I get fresh air. Get see some sun. Right. See people from a distance. <laughs> see that ain't right. <laughs> hey y'all. Hey y'all. Stay over there. Exactly. You don't even have to tell people. People do it automatically, and sure. you start running up, and they feel like you're a little bit too close, and they'll like scoot over. Um, but. I think for the most part, it's not a lot different. I, I think the hardest part for me is is watching the numbers. I think the, the numbers, the stories, I have to limit my social media because um, people are really having, not everyone, I mean, some people are, you know, like me, very fortunate. My husband works, my husband is still working. And we have money coming in. We're not worrying about bills. Um, and we we know of people who have been personally impacted by the disease, but not to the extent that we're seeing on the news. But if I watch these stories, read these stories too much, it's it's it takes its toll on me. And then watching, I can't, <laughs> you know what I call them, but the daily... Um, coronavirus briefings that the White House gives every day. Um. We're, we're going to call it the SS. <laughs> okay. Because see, on, on this show, we use letters <laughs> and I'm going to just like, it's two four-letter words, but <laughs> we can just call it. My Boo Love calls the, the press conferences. Um, every presser something. he has... <laughs> The SS. Well, okay. You know, we're going to go from there. Go yeah, ahead, Lero. Yeah, ahead. just, well, just, it, it, it's a lot. And they're long and it's basically garbage for the most part. Um, unless he has Dr. Fauci on there, there's really not much to hear from him. But um, usually I try to limit that as my only kind of like news for the day. I'll watch a little bit of CNN, but I just, I can't watch it too much. It's just, it's very. It's very depressing. It's very hard on the spirit, I think. Um, so I think other than that, you know, I, I do my normal stuff, you know, make sure my husband has all his little stuff for lunch and dinner at work and laundry's clean and groceries are chopped for, you know, everything's neat when you get home from work. And so, you know, I think everything else is kind of, you know, status quo, but I would certainly... I will be glad when we get back to normal or some kind of normal because I miss seeing mama. I miss my mama. Yeah, she hadn't been over. I mean, we started to just go by there and throw a, a smoke signal through the window. <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw, throw a note, throw a note uh, with a rock. Just throw it, throw it through the window and say, hey, y'all. But yeah. she was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I said, you know, she can come to the window. We can roll down the window or crack she, the window. She can't be trusted. She, she'd want to run out and give hugs. And no, no, 
It, it was a sad situation. <laughs> I we went know. to we went to the grocery store. We were like five minutes away from there. I said, "No, we want to." Said, "No, yeah. it's okay." She can't be trusted. She, you know, because I think she's an extrovert. It. She's an extrovert, and I think she misses a lot of things in her life. She does. She misses her routine. She misses all of her little shops that she likes to go to. She misses her friends, and so she's really having a hard time. And she does not. <sighs> I'm not saying she doesn't believe what they're saying, but my stepfather definitely is more of, we can't go out. We're not supposed to be going out. We're supposed to be staying in. And she likes to just run up to Harris Teeter just to get out and see some people. And you can't do that. Yeah, but she's doing it anyway. But <laughs> it's, out, it's a, it's a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm married into a family of outlaws. But oh you know what? Gosh. I'm not mad. I'm, I can't be <laughs> mad at them because it's like I get it. And like I said before, my perspective is different because I, I go out to work every day. Yeah. It's not like I'm trapped. My life hasn't changed one lick. I mean, I am so blessed to be in the particular industry in this particular time in history because I make food. Yeah. Or, you know, or in my case, actually, it's beverage, but I still make sustenance. And it's like... There are people out there that had a great job, but at this point, that job don't matter. Right. And either they're an executive or something like that that can, you know, telework, or they've actually lost their job. Yeah. Yeah. And even though unemployment's paying really, really well, when you're making 100K a year, you're, that's not cutting it. And it's like, what do you do? So I'm really kind of fortunate, and I totally get why people are going out anyway. But I will say, for it to be... At the recording of this episode, it is Easter weekend, and it's Good Friday, so, you know, half the country is off. And so we're on the interstate, and we're on the interstate in places where it's historically backed, backed up, up mm-hmm. on, a, on a regular yeah. day. And, it's and now you're Friday. talking about a weekend? Yeah. yeah. And there was no one there. There were a few cars, but yeah, there weren't, there weren't many. It was... It was different. Yeah. Our lives are different. Yeah, I know. And our, I, well, the other thing is, you know, once again, in our world, it's, we have nothing to to complain about. We are blessed, but you know, our anniversary, we couldn't go and do anything for our anniversary and somebody has a birthday coming up and someone was going to go to New York or big birthday and, and there were plans canceled. and yeah everything so I know. we were gonna Me take too. her to new york on her 50th birthday to one of her favorite plays of all time to see live and it got canceled i mean yeah. i didn't think it would but then like two weeks into it i was like we can't go to new york and she's like well let's wait no because if we're freaking out now why are we going to the epicenter of this we weren't freaking out and well i know we were not personally freaking out but it was really starting to look bad my thing was i and i kept telling you i was really hoping that it was i had a horrible horrible feeling down in my soul i had a horrible feeling but at the same time i was really hoping it was not going to be as bad as what they were saying it was going to be and it turned out to be a lot worse actually (sighs) yeah and your gut is 10 for 10. anytime when you said that i was like yeah this is gonna be bad yeah Um, but you know what it is what it is uh I don't really care that the money's gone. Uh, I just am very, very blessed in my life right now. I mean, I'm blessed every day, no matter what's going on. 
but you know, I have a great family doing this show, everything that's happening when it could be sideways in my life right now. Yeah. So I'm all good. I mean, I don't mind talking about it, but I'm not going to pretend like it's hard for me. It ain't. Right. It's a little stressful because different things are changed, different things I can't do, little things. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm good. Yeah. So the last question in the five. <laughs> now, we, and there's a reason why I call you uh, Boo Love. Number one, the reason why I call you Boo Love is because I actually do. <laughs> Number two, it gives you anonymity. <laughs> Because I, I was always very careful not to put you out there in a way in which someone could find out who you were. And I was very sensitive to that because I know how you are, which makes me appreciate you even more that you're actually doing the show. But it's funny because if anybody knows who you are, then they automatically know who I am. No, that's not true because a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people in my world know me as Alton. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. Ruben calls me AG. <laughs> Yeah, but if anyone hears your voice, you, oh, you getting, have a very distinctive voice. Well, maybe, but who's going to chase? Who's going to chase the information? There, I mean, it's a podcast among five hundred thousand, so true. the chances okay. are not likely. I got you. That people put two and two together. You know, the only person that would call me that would know if uh, Ruben says AG, who that was, you know, coupled along with the voice, mm -hmm. is Steve and Dave. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, no one goes by that with yeah, me. It's that's like, true. you know, Alton or Al at best. Yeah. You know, so again, I really wanted to cover your anonymity with this <laughs> because I know how sensitive you are. Because if you haven't noticed, she is the teacher that's trying to calm down those unruly <laughs> kids, trying to say, this is your five minute warning. And I was like, I remember when we recorded that. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> That's that's like scary and sexy all at the oh same time. Gosh. I was like, I was you. like, I'm sorry. We'll do it again, Mama. <laughs> With your I love fine you. self. I love you. But you're you so fine. I used to bad. <laughs> you were sad, and you had your glasses on when you did it. I was like, Lord Jesus. Anyway, hair up in a bun. <laughs> see that? See, see, we gonna go stop. There. We gonna stop. <laughs> see, it's time for this to stop. But I, you know, but I just wanted to know, you know. As introverted as you are, how does it feel to be a semi-personality? Because people hear you every week. And it's like we have, I think all together we have about like, I don't know, maybe a hundred. I mean, in total, uh, in total uh, downloads, mm -hmm. about like a hundred. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, some people listen to more shows than others. Yeah. But all together, the tally has got to be north of 100. So, I mean, people hear you every week mm -hmm. because there isn't, I don't think there's a show out there that no one listened to. Okay. So people are hearing that every week. Students. <laughs> so how does it feel to be sort of famous? Now you're making me feel kind of nervous. <laughs> and see, this is why y'all never know her name. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's what I told you. I was going to struggle because you said you were going to ask me that question. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm just. I am so happy to be your beloved. I'm so glad. That was the <laughs> sweetest thing ever. You know what? That is the answer. That is the answer. That's all I want to be. Okay. <laughs> well, that was the five minute warning in its original structure. I think when Ruben, you know, when this show was a brainchild of his. Uh, he had five things. He talked about five things. He talks about more than five. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he started. Okay, let me let me let me fix that. And the roast begins. <laughs> he started out talking about five. Things. He did. Bless his heart. But, and, and you know what? And it's not his fault because I think when he's by himself, he is much more structured. Yeah. But I also think, like everybody else in the world, when somebody like pokes something out, mm-hmm. it's like, and you know, you know what? And I think. That's where these three-hour marathon shows come in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're definitely good for poking stuff out of people. I'm just saying because <laughs> he'll say something. I'll be like, I wonder, or what about this or that? Yeah. And he just goes off with it. Oh. So. I've heard that. Yes. We all have. <laughs> and it's magic. It is. When both of y'all, when y'all get together, I mean, his shows are good with him. and But y'all are, I'm telling y'all, y'all are, y'all are magic. But yes, you're good at poking stuff out. I'm telling and Mo is no better. Oh my gosh. Mo is no better. I think yeah. and he said this one time. He said, man, y'all bring it out of me. And he's right. <laughs> so these are some excerpts from past shows that I thought were particularly funny. Uh-huh. Because and really, really the gauge was how much did this make you cry? Oh my gosh. Did this one give you snot balls? <laughs> did you have to pull over the car for this? And again, that's how I gauged them. So I came up with these. Actually, it's not even five. I wanted to stay with five because it would be the theme of the show. Yeah. But I have six. Couldn't help yourself. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> because actually, it's really like 10 of them out there that are hilarious. But I think to get a taste of Ruben, yeah. these six really, really, really help people understand. Because this might be your first time listening. And so if you really want to know what the show is about, and, and really the show is about him, these six things will help you. Now, Boo Love has heard all of these. Not not like I've heard them, but she's heard all of these, but it's been a while. So mm-hmm. what we're going to do is I'm going to set her up like I'm setting y'all up, and then I'm going to play the excerpt, and then Boo Love's going to give her opinion about that. Because there's a couple of them in here. It might get a little heated. <laughs> And really, because, see, I like to instigate. You really do. And I want to know what kind of drama, because, you know, it's one of, one or two of these was like, she was like, I can't believe, oh, you know what? So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to start. Okay. So the first one is Morris Chestnut. <laughs> Morris Chestnut needs no introduction on this show if you are a regular listener. But what did he ever do to Ruben? I'm just saying. The real Morris Chestnut did nothing. The characters that he played <laughs> obviously has hit a nerve. So we're going to play this excerpt. And that's really the question of the day with this. And you will find out and you will get no answer. But the one thing he does say, you'll have to take it for face value. So here we go. Okay. Next point. So, look, man, we, we had this argument off air. Oh, this sounds like Morris Chestnut. I had this argument with my friends. <laughs> Morris Chestnut, baby. Everybody loves Morris Chestnut. Ricky, except for me, he's got a problem, y'all. It's not even a problem, man. Like as a as a person, I don't know him, so you don't. It's whatever. So this ain't directed toward the person. This is directed toward. No, yeah, that's right. That's he doesn't, and he did say this. This is not directed at the person, Morris Chestnut. It's directed at the incredibly. What did you say? uh, Ideal person he always plays, and he quote. That dude never loses. He never loses. Never loses. And then, and I'm saying that he lost when he was Ricky. Okay, that was his first Ricky one. lost that day, and that was his first one. His first movie. But you said he never loses, and, and clearly day. he lost in that. When has he lost since? We ain't talking about that right now. That we mean we ain't talking about that. <laughs> I'm you know, saying, no, and, no, because you led with 
That guy never loses. And he my first lose. thing was Ricky. When you nine nine and one, you don't never lose. Hey, when you nine nine and one, somebody beat you. And yeah, that dude, and that dude in the red hunt, they beat him that day. I'm just saying that the well, only time he lost, backwards. the only time he lost was his first match, and then he came out and knocked the rest of them out. Even in Best Man Holiday, I knew people might bring it up. His Best wife man died, man. His wife died. But what did he do the next day? He delivered. He the delivered baby. a baby. What I tell you, Circle of Life, man. Man, Morris Chestnut, Circle he of Life. He he won. Lion King. Lion he, King. Man, he won. That Lion day. King. Whatever. <laughs> he won. Lion, Lion King. King. Nothing. Circle of he, life. He won. Lost his wife, delivered a baby. I mean, who who does that? Morris Chestnut. Exactly. Screw that guy. <laughs> I mean, ah. he's been trying, they've been trying to kill him. And he comes back and saves the day. Hey. I mean, come on, man. I you, can't do this with this guy. Hey, Morris Chestnut. No. Circle of life. Man, y'all. Morris Chestnut. Circle of life. All that like literally, I think he has a clause in his contract, but like, no. yo, I ain't losing. That's a closet contract. Whatever you put me in, I ain't losing. Okay. Because in ladder, no, no, no. In ladder, see this. This counts as a half a loss. This counts as a TKO, not a KO. Okay. Like Ricky. Ricky was a KO. Okay. And that was his first movie. And when he played the character in Ladder Forty Nine with Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. And his face got burnt off from that steam. But that's that's a loss, man. But what happened after first, that? No, no, no. First you was pretty, and then you weren't. But what That's happened harsh. after that? What happened after that? He went to the funeral of the dude. And his kids, but he survived. And his kids say he won't Superman no more because he won't cute. That's a loss, man. But he survived. Oh, my God. I said it was a TKO. Nah, man. That was a that was not a TKO. You got a personal problem, man. I'm just saying. You got a personal problem. I mean, let's go ahead to another. Let's go ahead to another movie. He okay. Right. They could have lost. What was that movie with, with Jamie Foxx in it? And The Brothers. Perfect example. Jamie Foxx was in that film. He wasn't in that film, but I just thought about it. The Brothers. Okay. He was a doctor and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he what, he hooked up with Gabriel Union, and then it's like- Dope, yes. He was like, you know, what does mom say to the to the women? You know, if a man loves you, you get the last piece, piece of food, of on, That's his, right. last piece <laughs> of food on his plate. And, and then he got mad because he found out his dad dated her before him. And then he's like, well, I can't that is, tr- That's awkward, man. Hold on. Then he's like, I can't trust you. Blah, blah, blah. Then he went through half the movie after that with a broken heart. I still love her and all this other crazy stuff. And then what happened at the end of the movie? He gave him the last piece of cake. You know what happened? What? He got her back and got busy. He won. I'm sick of him winning, man. <laughs> this is after. I cannot can live my this life is after, no more with you. Hold on. What? This is after. This is after he had to calm down Shamal Moore's um, man, she girl, hurt, man. He had she, a gun. I would have shot Shamar Moore too, man. That dude, he stopped running around. Yeah, but the, she was packing. She was packing a forty-five. She really was, and and shot holes in Bill Bellamy's car. I know in Bill Bellamy's house, and then he he walked out like, "I'm black Superman. You can't do nothing to me, but I love you, girl. And he love you too. So you need to get him back together." <laughs> He really did. I'm so sorry. He walk. You walk out with a chick in a wedding. You walk out of your house, out of the house with a chick with a wedding dress on and a 45 in her hand. Yeah, that's true. And then she shot twice in two different spots. Yes. Not in him. It was bad. This dude don't lose, man. He don't lose. But what is wrong with that? What's wrong with having a real brown hornet? The brown hornet. 